to Stories Worth Telling, a collection of interviews where extraordinary, ordinary women speak, sharing experiences and answering three questions on a game-changing moment, something heard that inspired, and what the words When Women Speak say to them. In this episode, we hear from Jessie Lucas, whom I would describe as a free spirit with a fire that you can't help but feel the heat when you're with her. And I was fortunate enough to spend time with Jessie out in LA a few years back. And you'll get to hear a little bit about that during the conversation. Jessie was in a different place then to where she is now. And what's happening now in terms of her business in the area of health and wellness sounds so cutting edge and very exciting. And it's also great to see Jessie so happy and in love family-wise too. Jessie has always believed the power of true health lies within if we can simply crack the code. These days she is most excited to work in the emerging field of nutrigenomics, helping people to slow the ageing of their cells. Mm, Yes please Jessie, I know I will certainly be following up with her to hear more on that. Okay, hi, we're here, <laughs> live again, and I'm, I'm joined by Jessie Lucas this time, and I'm so excited, so excited to hear what Jessie's got to say. I have no idea what Jessie's going to say, um, and that excites me even more. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you, Sarah. And how I know Jessie is from quite a few years ago um we were on a kind of coaching training program um birthing new ideas and that journey has just kind of continued continued on with um um, both both of us birthing fabulous businesses and going in different directions so we're going to hear all about that i'm sure um and also get um a flavor of yeah various stories that jesse wants to kind of um bring into this conversation so first of all jesse i would just like to ask you when you heard that you were going to be coming on this podcast and it was stories worth telling and it's kind of like a desert island disc this is your life kind of vibe was there any story that first sprung to mind to as a starting point for this conversation? You know, I think you just gave a good intro to um, the story that's first coming to mind because of the time in my life when you and I met, um, like you said, quite a few years ago. And um, to give an idea to you listeners of what Sarah and I went through, it was like, take, you know, wherever you're coming from in life and just shazam it. And I mean, we both, I was on the East Coast of the US, she was out there in the UK, we flew to LA, we did this wild, crazy photo shoot, we, I mean, it was like out of this world, in addition to some very deep soul work, and some really, really smart business work. And um, sorry, I don't know if you know this, this part of my past, but I was coming from a really dark place. Um, I was reinventing myself in a lot of ways, you know, reinventing is, is kind of maybe the wrong word, rediscovering and remembering myself. Um, I had been in a really cruddy marriage and I had left that. I had two boys. They were um, under 10, I think at that time, or what, maybe one was around 10 and one was five, something around there. And um, the one thing 
I love most about me is my, my fire and my tenacity. And while a lot of my self had been kind of extinguished during a, a 10 year process of um, kind of breaking me down, there was this flame that could not be put out. And that moment when I stepped into that coaching program and that, um, that community really was a lot about remembering myself. And one of the richest things to come out of that, a lot of beautiful things came out of that, had a much bigger community, a business that I built, um, getting on social media, which was its own wild adventure for me. But one of the most beautiful things that came out of it was the, the relationships that have extended to today and have evolved over time. And, you know, because of social media, they can, they can go in and out, you know, we can like not talk for a while and then reconnect. And it's been really amazing to reconnect with some of these gorgeous women who I know are going through their own kind of alchemical fires and processes and, and regrowth. And um, I think as, as a global community, a lot of us are going through something similar right now, a remembering of who we are and when we can do that in community and in safe containers and with other people cheering us on, whether it's a, you know, a heart opening or a crazy photo shoot. Um, it's really, really a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and I'm just, I'm remembering seeing you Sarah on the beach with your dress and flying and your hair done. And, um, those are just such fun, fun memories. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They, the, the photo shoot was out of this world, wasn't it? It was uh, pretty, pretty wild. And, um, I remember, um, one of, one of the other participants, Erin, was actually in the sea. There might have been some others in the sea as well, but yeah. So <laughs> That's right. They had their gorgeous dresses and rolling around in the sand and the surf. And um, I think that started happening after my shoot. And I was like, ah, oh, missed opportunity. <laughs> so jealous, a little jealous. I'm like, I should be in the ocean right now. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. It was really, really, really good. And um, shout out to um, Christina Marassi because that's who was kind of leading, leading that and, um, and with a, a fabulous team of people. It was, uh, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so one of the things you picked up there about being in community and the power of that. So one of the three questions that we ask all of our podcast guests is, what do the words when women speak say to you? So I'd love to hear your response to, to that. Uh, you know, when I first started seeing you put your community together with this and, and seeing those words, you know, every time it would come up in my Facebook feed, um, I had this almost like stopping in my tracks kind of moment. And I didn't even really realize it until um, really looking at this question and thinking, thinking about how I would answer that. And I realized that it, those words make me very quiet inside. And so when I thought about what, what was going on there, when I hear the words, when women speak, I hear a call to listen. I hear a call to pause. I hear a call to like take, take whatever noise is going on and put it aside intentionally and to listen and just listen. I think that um, for all too long, when women speak, we have been told we are too loud. We are too crazy. 
we are too much. We, you know, we, we our ideas are wrong. Um, you know, and, and then when we do speak, our ideas are misinterpreted and put into conversations out of context. And obviously that, you know, that flag has been being waved for a long time and we have some really incredible leaders that have gone before us to start changing that conversation. Um, but I realized like I had a very physical reaction to those words when women speak and it was this quieting and this pause and listening is, is how I, when I, when I, when I listened to my own pause around those words, that's what came through. I think when women speak is a call to be really humble, to realize there's a lot of pain in our stories. There's a lot of pride in our stories. There's a lot of power in our stories. So to be humble and recognize, you know, like, like putting all the noise aside, put all, put all the differences aside, put all the categorization aside and just be humble in our hearts. And then lastly, I think it, those, those three words, so those are three words when women speak. So to listen and to be humble. And then the third word that comes to me is to respect, is to have mad, crazy, like outrageous, like take your gorgeous dress into the sea kind of respect that, um, you know, we've, we've all been through so much and we all have stories and we all have ideas. And if we can listen to each other and if we can create that safe space where the words we can start trusting our words are going to come out and they're not going to be contorted. They're not going to be taken out of context. They're not going to be told they're wrong in, in however many ways they can be told they're wrong. Then we have a lot to, to learn from each other, a lot that we can give to each other. Um, so when I hear when women speak, I think to listen, I think to be humble and I think to have wild respect. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Yeah. I, I resonate with that pause for sure. And just hearing you speak then, what came to me was to, was to ask, when did you need or kind of notice giving yourself that respect and listening and when that moment happened, how did that kind of shift things for you? Gosh, um, that was a pretty powerful moment for me. Um, I will put a little cautionary note that uh, this, there may be a warning here for, for those. The, the bad marriage I was in was, was an abusive marriage. Um, so if that's going to rattle your chains in, in not a good way. I'm just, I, you know, I won't be graphic, but I, I want to share when that moment came to me, when I learned to listen to my own voice, um, there was a, there, there, you know, it's like they say, you know, before the screams come the, the statements, before the statements come the whispers. And now in hindsight, like I remember there were whispers. You have more to say. You're, you're more worthy than this. You know, and I remember the, the statements like, this is wrong. Something needs to change. You know, but at those different stages, like, I just kept going. I just kept going. I just kept going. You know, I had my kids. I had my, my house. I had, you know, uh, just, I had my fear around change. And there was an incident with my ex that 
blew everything out of the water. It was a powerful enough incident that overnight something snapped in me and all of those whispers had built up and all of those statements had built up. And I mean, I remember it clear as day. I can remember where I was in my house. I can remember the coats hanging on, on my coat hanger thing, the back being near the back door. And it was a very strong shift. And all of a sudden that voice in me was valid. Nobody else had to validate it. Nobody else had to, to, to come in and say, you know, con convince me of anything. Finally, finally, the, the event that happened was strong enough. It cracked a clarity in my own awareness and it like parted the clouds. And because of that, I could hear my own voice again and I could make my own this again. And that's what happened is every action I took from there was aligned with my voice, my truth, my desires, my vision. Um, it was one of those just bam moments. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And those moments are, like you say, they, they literally do change the view of the world. It suddenly is another, another place. <laughs> Completely. And you can't and you can't go back whether whether you wanted to or not. It's like that's it. It's shifted. Yep. Done. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One of the um, other questions that we ask all of our podcast guests is, what have you come to realize that could be described as a game changer? So you mentioned there about um, there was a shift and um, you kind of yeah heard your inner voice, but I don't know if there's um, anything more to say on that or if there's something else where you, an actual so a, a clear sort of realization that could be described as a game changer so part of the un unfolding from that so we're kind of like telling my story in like middle then beginning and then you know flipping till now um that you know that that middle part when um there had time had passed. I had rebuilt my life. I had got on my own two feet and, um, I finally had, had created a new platform for myself where I had taken care of my safety. I had taken care of all the, you know, the necessities of, of taking care of my boys and my house. And I think at the time I even had pigs and chickens and I was living up in the mountains. <laughs> All of these other little sparkles were kind of hovering around me. Um, a couple of different things fell into place. Um, so my background, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a personal trainer. I've done some body work. I've been a health coach. I work in a couple of different areas in wellness. And I'm always, and that, that's, that, that was a very selfish path for me. I went down that path so that I would be primarily focused on taking the best care of myself I possibly could. And I thought, well, if this is my career, then, um, then I'm held accountable to myself. But I had, so, you know, so I did all this personal growth. I, you know, I got my life back together and the fire <laughs> was like, there's more and the sparkles started coming. So I went back to school. This was like the craziest time in my life. I was single parent living at the dead end of a private road, raising my two little mountain boys. Maybe there were pigs and chickens probably. 
and, you know, splitting my own firewood. I mean, all of it. I was homeschooling my kids at that point by choice. A lot of us have our, our kids home right now because of the global situation that's going on. Um, and I decided to go back to grad school and get my master's degree. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to do that, but I did because I just had, I had this, um, defining moment. One of the yoga teachers that I loved to follow, um, Sean Korn, I don't know if anybody has, has followed her work. Um, but she had talked about her experience of kind of getting out of her own darkness and, and into a good place and say, well, okay, now, now that I'm stable, now what? What do, what do I do with this good that I have? What do I do with this health that I have? What do I do with this this, this privilege, this capacity, I can't, like getting myself okay is an important step, a necessary step, but it's only a step. And hearing that concept, it was like, it was like hearing the words I needed to hear to take my next step. And it did, it changed the game for me because it allowed me, like my, my vision for what I could do with my own vibrance, my own vitality, my own contribution to the world went like, it just expanded. And so I started having these crazy thoughts like, oh, I can be this homeschooling mountain mom and go to grad school. And I did. And I, it was hard and it was amazing. And I had really great mentorship and support and around creative people. And through that, I came out with two things. I came out with a business plan, which is what I took to California with me <laughs> to, to um, create when, when I met you, Sarah. And that was my, my thesis was my business became my business plan. And then I also came out with like this, this inquiry that left me really, really frustrated um, with my background in, in holistic health, you know, like I said, selfishly to like take most the best care of myself. I also was watching my community of women, my, my mother friends with kids my age, my, my yogi friends get sick. And I was watching my training clients, like their bodies just fall apart. And, you know, even though they're quote, doing all the right things. And I, in, in my process of learning, cause I'm just a learner, I started seeing a lot of the problems that I wasn't seeing solutions. And, um, from that, that remembering of that realization, like, okay, you know, fill myself and then what can I do? It's, it's led me down paths I could not have imagined being in. I mean, right now I'm working in an exciting emerging field in wellness. I, uh, have like this dream relationship. We just bought a house that we love that like, we didn't think we, you know, like all of these things, like, because like, I allowed myself to find the tools and resources to take care of myself, but not stop there. That was the game changer, not stop there. Now I have all of these cool things. And, you know, I'm not like, not to paint like an overly pretty picture, like life is hard. <laughs> and there, you know, there's, I won't give you the laundry list of, of stressors in my life, but it's longer, <laughs> longer than the good things. But, um, the game changer is I, I have tools and resources to deal with it. I look at them head on and, and keep moving forward because there's more, there's more, there's more. 
Oh, I love, yeah, brilliant. I love that. It sounds like what you're saying there is really stepping into that fullness. So it's like, hang on. Yeah, there, there is more and I'm going to expand into it. Um, and I love how you describe it as fire and you know, that fire will never be extinguished and yet it can certainly be fanned to such an extent that it kind of like just burns up everything that is, um, that is not who you are so that all that's left is just this full, full kind of, yeah, fierce fire of love and health and wellness and abundance. And, and like you say, that doesn't mean that other stuff isn't going on. It's always going to be, yeah, like you said, the laundry list and just different, little, different stresses, the car breaking down, whatever it might be. There's all that stuff just keep is, is there as well. But well, and there isn't anything that, that can or needs to stop that full fire from burning. Um, go to grad school, you know, be with the person you love, get the house, do, you know, all of these things can happen. Oh, love it. <laughs> <laughs> I need you. <laughs> I'm going to ask the, the third question. And I know that I've asked all the questions that I need to ask. And then we can see where, where, where else we go with the time we have. So the third question is, what have you seen or heard that's left an impression on you? So this could be a book, film, poem, a speech. So, yeah, something that you've seen or heard that's left an impression on you. Can you tell us about that experience, please? Absolutely. So um, when I saw that question, I like, I had, again, all these, all these sparkles. And the one that shined the brightest um, was a Netflix series that I just watched. Um, it's still on there. I checked today. So if this, you're watching this in current time, you might still be able to catch this. Um, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings. So um, Dolly Parton, as you may know, classic, iconic American country music superstar. Um, you know, she is big and bold. Her hair is big. Some other parts are big. You know, her glam is just out of control, which is funny because like, that's not, I don't relate to that at all. Um, personally, I'm, I'm not very glam. Um, those parts of me are not very big. They, and I, I'm not even like the biggest like Dolly Parton fan or not even like a country music fan necessarily. So it's, the impression wasn't left because of that. So this series, Dolly Parton Heartstrings, very cool concept. She, each episode, she tells the story of one of her songs. So, you know, she's written, she writes her own songs and they're all songs, personal experiences in her life. They're her stories. And in each episode, she does a little intro where she's speaking and she gives you the context for the story. And then the episode is as if you were watching an episode of a TV show and it, the story plays out in front of you. And um, to set up the whole thing, she explains the story of her life. She was this backwoods mountain family, like so many siblings, you know, very, very poor. And she had this... Um, mountain woman who they like she was the one like the wise one you know she probably had all the herbs and the tinctures and like she was you know, kind of crazy and um 
this woman, like, I forget what word she used, but told her, like, you've got something in you, kiddo. And um, Dolly was like, I, you know, I, I feel like I do. But nobody ever, nobody ever inspired that in me or validated that for me. And she took that little, that little moment and I think she was like 17 or 18 or something, left the mountains, went out to, I think, Hollywood maybe to start her music career. Um, she does, and she falls into this very male-dominated, you know, American culture that was very strict, had, a, had you know, there were, there were rules to follow. And she did because she was like, I got to get my stories out there. I got to get my music out there. And she just felt herself shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And eventually she's like, nope, this is not going to work for me. I'm going to do this on my own. And she creates her own, her, her own record label. And, you know, fa fast forward, you know, now she's like probably the most famous woman in, in American country music. She has a whole park in Tennessee called Dollywood. You guys have heard of Hollywood? Like this is Dollywood, like her world. And I mean, she's just over the top and, I admire that, you know, that was her younger career, her middle career, and now later in her career, she is leaving her legacy by sharing her stories. And I think that that's what left the biggest impression on me was that I, I had so much respect that she didn't just like, you know, go to the top of the charts, cash in her fame and her money and go away. That for her, it was about the stories. And I just... I mean, I would, I would tear up, not necessarily because of the content of the story or the content of the song, but because of the quality of how she was telling it and the fact that she has stepped up late in her career to tell it. And I thought, oh my gosh, we all should be doing this in, in our own ways, you know, not as glam and big necessarily as Dolly, because that's her personality. You know, she really like came into her own, um, but, but to do that, we all have to, you know, leave, leave our neck of the woods, you know, metaphorically or, or physically do like find our things against whatever, for, you know, whatever forces are against us, get louder than those forces, click into that alignment, live it out fully, and then come back and tell about it, tell about it. So the rest of us can learn from those stories, be inspired from those stories, have that moment that like that, that wise mountain woman with the crazy herbs and whatever says you got something in you kiddo. That wasn't the phrase she used. I'm, I'm making that part up because I don't remember what phrase she used, but it was, you know, that effect. I love I that just, phrase. <laughs> <laughs> you got something in you kiddo. Go tell that to your kiddos before they go to bed tonight. Um, but like that just, it really, really struck me that, you know, it's like, here's this Netflix series, but it's so, it's so timeless. Um, and so timely for, for women like us to be, seeing a journey like that and hearing so many different stories and her stories are just when you listen and even know most of the songs but like when you listen to them like they're just so sweet and so they like they tell stories so um i've fallen in love with storytelling over the past few years so um that really struck me as well yeah i, I love stories as well and 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 hence why this series is called stories worth telling because it's it's not about being defined by stories or having them kind of fix you in place it's actually a way of just seeing the the vivid landscape and being able to um like you say share those stories and pass them on and inspire and 
um, enjoy life, enjoy life, enjoy all of those stories, let them kind of come and go. Uh, you don't have to hold on to them and be yeah, submerged by them. They can be extremely liberating and, and, and a way of growth. So yeah, I love that. And Dolly, interestingly about Dolly, so my husband Dave comes from a small town called Rotherham, which is near to the city where we live. And Dolly Parton, there was a connection because she did this kind of um, um, book storytelling project with children in Rotherham, like this small, tiny town in the north of England. And you just think, you know, so such a huge star does all of these amazing little projects that probably no, most people won't even get to hear of. She just, she really is a philanthropist and um, got such a big heart in such a small frame. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it, like that series got me to do a little bit more digging about her life. And, and I found the same thing. Um, so cool that you have such a close and personal local connection. Um, but there are, there, there are a lot of stories like that. So she took her gift. It's, it, she did that thing that I said, she took her gift, fulfilled it for herself and said, how can I use this to serve? How can I use this out of the community? How, you know, what, there's more, what more can I do with this? And it wasn't from a sense of obligation, like this is what you have to do, but from a sense of, um, I can imagine from, from having heard some of her stories of just like, this is what she loves. You know, she just loves doing those things. And, um, we get to love the benefits of that. Um, That's super cool. We do. So tell us before we finish, tell us about what you love, Jesse. What are you bringing more of into the world? How are you being the change you want to see in the world? What's going on for you right now? So I, you know, we all go through these cycles of, of reinventing ourselves. Like, you know, I told the story of the, the time I met Sarah and um, the last few years have, have been a, diff- a different reinventing. Um, I lost my father a couple of years ago, it was August 2018, and one, I'll, I'll bookmark this, what really makes my heart sing, my, my heartstring story, if you will, is, is helping people feel better in their bodies. It's been important to me for my entire life. I've always been a very kinesthetic person, you know, a dancer and a yogi and um, like I said, it was the start of my career in wellness. If I, you know, keeping myself feeling good in my body, how, if I help others do the same, then I'm contributing even more. Um, that inquiry when I left grad school that I mentioned in that other part of my story with seeing so many of the problems, but not seeing an innovative solution. It was around the same time with, within the ballpark of a couple of years that my, my father came out with a cancer diagnosis and he wasn't 70 yet. So he wasn't, you know, he was no spring chicken, but he should have had some more years in him. My, in my grandparents, his parents lived to be 98 and 103. Um, my grandfather was the sweetest 103 year old dude. Like he was, he was so awesome. Um, and you know, for the most part, they were, they were with it you know, mentally, physically, they lived independently. Um, and I was like, this is how we should age. Like, this is a good example. I thought if there were immortals on this planet, 
my grandparents were, were them. And I mean, on my mom's side, I, I didn't know her father, but I, my grandmother lived to be 88 and like a very, very, very healthy 88. And she was there until she was gone. And I was like, okay, this is how it should be. But then I look around and I'm like, this is not what's happening now though. You know, between my, my friends, my community, my clients that I spoke of, and then my dad. And, um, so come to find out his cancer diagnosis had had to do with agent orange exposure. He was drafted to the Vietnam war. Um, he didn't want to go. He was a peace, love and hippie, but he took his, took his service very seriously and was exposed to this, this terrible toxin. And he lived very happy and healthy for like what, 40 years after that. He was a musician. He was a surfer. He was a gardener. I think a lot of my fire comes from him. He designed his life the way he wanted it. He, you know, he moved down to the beach where he didn't have to put on a wetsuit to surf anymore. He, you know, built this like octopus's garden around his swimming pool. I mean, it was amazing. And then it was lights out. And you know, I knew there was nothing I could do to necessarily change his destiny, but I knew I had to go back to that inquiry that said, what else? What is more here? What, um, if we're going to help people, if I'm going to help people feel better in their bodies, there has to be something else because all the tools we have, all the resources that we have are not enough to go up against the toxic burdens that we're up against. And I mean, you know, thankfully we're not in Vietnam right now and up against agents like that, but you know, like the, the water quality, the food quality, the radiation, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to get off on a tangent there, but we all know it's like a pretty nasty scene out there. I think we're, we're seeing a lot of that now that the world has kind of slowed down and nature's kind of quickly rejuvenating itself. It's telling us like we've done something really bad. And if our, global environment is is reacting like that what is our the environment of our own internal health doing our cells our gut flora you know our our brain patterns um so that's what i'm doing right now is i'm working in that switch flipping um there's a big conversation going on in the biohacking community so a lot of you i'm sure have heard the term biohacking, you know, there's a lot of different things going on but between bulletproof coffee and different things you can do with your diet, um, that kind of thing. And there are some really exciting kind of niches within that field um, that are just given, they're giving me a ray of hope and they're fulfilling my fire to be like on the front lines of something really positive, to be making a difference where people can use some very simple tools to feel better in their body. And I think that I think honestly, this is the next game changer for me um, to be a part of a movement that can create solutions to, to make living on this planet a whole lot better <laughs> in this next generation or so. So um, digging into the biohacking world is what is up for me. That sounds extremely interesting, I'm, and I'm um, I'm pleased that you've got back in touch with me because I want to hear loads more about this because I I definitely feel well. I felt to be fair, I have felt ready to take more of a look at my health, um, and I just some something's just been missing in all of the things that have come to my attention recently, and then hearing you speak about biohacking and hearing you speak about um, the, the, the way of 
flipping switches within cells just there's something about that that just resonates so i'm looking forward to hearing more so i will obviously there'll be links to this podcast episode for people to um find out more about you and to be able to get in touch with you um but is there um a website anything that you can actually say out loud that people would be able to remember um <laughs> just for those that aren't gonna <laughs> start looking yes. yes and i have to look at it to remember because i never know i got it um so my website is my name jessica b lucas all together j-e-s-s-i-c-a the letter b as in boy Lucas, L-U-C-A-S, so Jessica B. Lucas, dot, life vantage, all one word, L-I-F-E-V-A-N-T-A-G-E, dot com. Jessica B. Lucas, dot, life vantage, dot com. So it's a little long, but it is clear. And when you get there, you will see how you can flip switches in your cells. And, you know, I think you are right, Sarah. I think a lot of people are feeling that way, kind of like this that the movement you created of, of um, when women speak, we start uncovering these things. We start uncovering like, oh, like these aches and pains have been here for a while and I don't feel like I'm old enough to like warrant these kinds of aches and pains. You know, like when I, when I started like those whispers that became statements that became bam, I have to listen to this message for my own well-being. I think our bodies are doing the same thing. And I think that that's what you're experiencing. And I think so many of us, are experiencing that because finally we're like, something's off, something's not right. And if I don't pay attention to this in my body, there's going to be a bam moment, but it's not going to be the good kind. Um, and, and it's, it's my job to help you realize that hopefully before. And if it's after you know, maybe go do a little damage control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is an opportunity to hear those whispers now, like, for, you know, going back to what you said at the beginning about when women speak, you know listen listen to that whisper listen pause and then do what's obvious to do and if that's getting in touch with jesse then please 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 do <laughs> jesse thank you so much for joining us for stories worth telling it's been fabulous oh sarah thank you so much it's so fun hanging out with you here um in you know virtual land and and hopefully there will be a day where we could uh visit um let's let i, I want to find a way to come out your way you came out this way last time so i want to find a com way to come out your way yeah definitely well maybe through that. life vantage then there will be there will be um an opportunity to meet in I europe somewhere so cool. i would love that i would love that all right thank you so much i've had so much fun telling not to define us, comfort us, or dictate a particular path. Their sharing illuminates an objectified world where we so innocently lose our way. Without holding onto your story, who would you be? What could happen? In each seeming moment, there's potential. Everything arising and yet with no beginning nor end. If in telling the stories we've clung to so tightly, the space in which they all arise becomes more obvious. With stories set free, who you are is revealed. And that open, real and honest expression of life, you are, shines in the world.